Hello, Highlight family. My wife and I wanted to take some time to share our hearts as we approach Vision Offering Sunday on December 11th. We love this time of the year because it provides the opportunity for us to express our trust in the Lord and move the vision of Highlight Church forward. We're in a series called Vision, which is all about the future of our church. Every Sunday, we will be sharing what the future holds for Highlight Church. This is also the season to celebrate all that God has done this year in the life of our church. So join us for Vision Offering Sunday. And I wanna encourage you to take these three steps. Number one, pray. Ask God what to give. Number two, prepare. Get ready to give. And number three, participate. And here are three ways that you can give. Text any amount to the number 84321. Visit invest. And my favorite way is to give in person. We're gonna be having these vision envelopes ready for you to be able to give by faith and join us in worship and prayer. Yes, it's gonna be a powerful time together in the presence of the Lord. And as you give, we're believing that God is gonna move in powerful ways in 2023. I'm fired up about today, week two of a series called Vision. Um, Vision is all about the future of our church. Uh, But before we get into that, I wanna encourage the ladies that on December the 3rd, Saturday, um, we're having Flourishing Brunch. Flourishing Brunch. Ladies, can you celebrate this please? Let's put our hands together. Flourishing Brunch. Um, It's usually open to those that are involved in the mentorship, but this time around we're opening up to uh, all of everyone, everyone. So you you can register online, Planning Center app, correct, Planning Center. There is QR codes right there. Go ahead and register. It's going to be a great time. Uh, The Lord has given a great word to my wife, Pastor Kyra. And it's going to be a phenomenal time. So make sure you register and invite all your family, all your friends. And uh, it's going to be a phenomenal time. Men, we got to get ready to serve. And uh, it's going to be a great time of encouragement for all the ladies, for all the ladies. Today, I want to give you a title out front as we start, as we get into the Word of God. Um, Today's title is A House of Vision. It won't come up on the screen, but go ahead and write that down. A House of Vision. And so um, as we journey towards our end of the year offering in a couple weeks, uh, today I believe the Holy Spirit wanted to speak to us about the kind of church that we are. I think it's important that you realize um, where you go to church or where you call, uh, you know, your church home, um, because it's really a spiritual thing. Um, What's in your church gets on the inside of you. So you got to be careful to the Bible says, guard your heart above all things. And so I want to do uh, diligence by letting you know what we're all about, the spirit that's driving our church, why we, why we talk so big and we dream so big around here, though we've had humble beginnings. And I think today is going to help uh, make a lot of sense, okay? Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 4. Paul the apostle wrote to the church in Ephesus, and we're going to read two verses in Ephesians chapter 4. He, he founded that church. And um, we're going to go ahead and read what he wrote to them. It says this here. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. So these are the gifts of Jesus to the church. So these aren't the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, which are on the inside of us. But these are the, the gifts that, that Christ has given to 
the church. It says this here, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So whoever you consider your pastor, that person is a gift from Jesus himself. Um, so hence why I never get you anything for your birthday or Christmas. Because I'm here 44 weeks throughout the year for you. So, oh, I love you. I love you, Sammy. I could have been writing the whole next 30 minutes at all y'all clap. I'm just taking a note of who clapped for me. All right. So, so yes, Jesus gave these men and women as gifts to believers. Let's go ahead and define what is an evangelist. Cause a lot of these words are foreign to people, you know, especially new believers or unbelievers. So let, let's learn for, for a few minutes here. An evangelist is one who preaches the good news. The word gospel means good news. And it's the good news about what Jesus Christ did for us, taking on our sin, going to the cross, dying for our sin. And through faith in him, we can all receive right standing with God and eternity with our father. That is good news. Number two, what is a teacher? A teacher is one who has the gift to rightly divide the word of God. He has the gift to rightly divide he or she, the gift, that's how we flow. He or she has the gift to rightly divide the word of God. There are some churches you go to and it's like, what did we just sit through for 40 minutes? Right? I, I understood nothing they just said. And there are other churches you go to and it's like, wow, I've never understood the Bible in that way. I never knew how to apply the Bible. And that's because you were under someone who had the grace of being a teacher. They helped you understand. Uh, number three, a prophet is one who has the gift to foretell the future and declare the mind of God. That's a prophet. Someone who has the gift to foretell the future and declare the mind of God. Psychics are only people with this gift, but it is not sanctified through the Holy Spirit. It is used of the devil. And um, it is by... Um, unrighteous means that we seek out psychics. And so uh, if you want something about your future, I'd encourage you to seek out your pastor or someone that you can trust that you know has a solid prophetic gift, but they are rooted in a healthy church um, and they're submitted to pastoral oversight and leadership because prophecy is a great thing. It's a great gift, but it's also been used to hurt many people and church hurt happens. Uh, a pastor is one who cares for the total well-being of a local church. A pastor is one who cares for the total well-being of the local church. Pastor Chow is the Gaithersburg location pastor. Part of his job is to oversee the general well-being of everyone and make sure that uh, systems are in place and, and the culture is healthy and all that good stuff. Okay. And an apostle, I'm going to go deep with the, with the apostle and the apostolic thought. Uh, I'm going to go a bit deeper here. The entire message is one who is sent by Jesus Christ himself to preach the good news. And this is so important, everyone, as it concerns the vision of this house and start new churches around the world. 
one who is sent by Jesus himself and is sent to start new churches around the world. So some people have a pastoral grace or gift on their life, right? But they don't necessarily have an apostolic grace on their lives. A lot of pastors hit ceilings in terms of church growth. Um, Pastors are great, but it's in a lot of pastoral houses where they will see a lot of high overturn because people don't feel as though they're growing, right? Or they don't feel like pastors go deep enough, right? Or pastors will have a lot of people just fill seats but never serve because pastors are so about making you comfortable and making you feel good. You know what I mean? Um, Apostles are all about going. Apostolic people care about you. They love you, but but they're going to make sure you're you're growing and you're serving and and you're moving forward. Okay. Uh, Galatians 1.1 says this. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. Here it is. I was appointed. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God, the father who raised Jesus from the dead. So Paul is saying no church sent me. Um, Jesus called me. If you go, you can you can find the story about Paul uh, ch- uh, Acts chapter nine, where Jesus uh, Paul was a persecutor of the church and he killed Christians and he arrested Christians and he took them to prison. So he was on his way to Damascus to get more Christians and persecute them. And Jesus appeared in this bright light and knocked him off of his horse and blinded him. And then Jesus sent a prophet named Ananias to remove the scales off of Paul's eyes. His name was Saul, but he, Jesus changed his name to Paul. He removed the, the scales, the spiritual darkness off of his eyes. And then Paul became the greatest apostle to ever live to date. And Paul wrote one third of your New Testament. And so, um, and so this is why Paul is telling the church in Galatia, I was not sent by any human authority. But as I went, humans recognized that I was called by God. And so it's important to catch that. I remember when, um, when we left our last church, our last church, Real Life Christian Church in, 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 sorry, Gaithersburg, in Claremont, Florida, did not formally send us. Um, they knew we had a desire to start a church. They knew there was something big in our hearts, but they did not say, hey, come up on stage. We're going to pray in front of the entire church. Anyone want to move to Maryland with Joshua and Kyra? We're going to send $20,000 with them. We're going to send them with all of our systems so they know how to start that church. They did not formally send us or, or ordain us to go and start our church. God called us out of that church. And what we did is we parachuted here in Gaithersburg with me, my wife, and and just regular awesome people who said yes to God, right? And so we've seen it gain momentum and it grow from nothing to everything that it is now. And it's because we are under an apostolic house. I'm not saying I'm an apostle. What I'm saying is, is that there's an apostolic grace on our house, okay? And so um, let let me give you a few, a few things here, a few, a few powerful statements. Um, a church that has apostolic grace, or write this down, pull it up for him, um, production. Um, an apostolic pastor focuses on the authority of the sender. An apostolic pastor focuses on the authority of the sender. I remember uh, we were about a year old and I had coffee with a pastor who's been here about 30 years in the area. 
And uh, we we're having a great time up until he said this. He, he, he said, Joshua, I'm, I'm so glad highlights in the area and, and I'm hearing about all the stuff you guys are doing. It, it's awesome. He said, but I, I just want to tell you, um, church plants don't last here past two years. And I said, wow, this is encouraging. He said, um, he said, as a matter of fact, Gaithersburg, Montgomery County is where church plants come to die. And there was something in my spirit that didn't accept that because since we started the church, I've always been focused on the authority of the sender. Jesus sent us. So y'all here? Jesus sent us. So if I'm focused on Jesus and if he sent us, it's not going to fail. Right. So that's why we sing the song. He won't fail. You know, he he won't fail. It it means something to me when I worship to that song because of everything we've been through. He has not failed us. Okay. Number two, apostolic pastors initiate new works and start new churches. It's important to realize this. Okay. This is the house you're in. This is the house you're in. This is why we talk about 20 locations by 2040. Um, and there's a reason for that. I'm going to share that next week. Why? Why we're starting all those, all those churches by 2040. Okay. Apostolic pastors um, place high value on leadership development. Leadership development. Development is huge in an apostolic house. Okay. It says this here, Titus 1, 4 through 5. I am writing to Titus, my true son in the faith. This is Paul that we share. May God, the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Savior, give you grace and peace. Here it is. I love this. I left you on the island of Crete so you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. So he's telling Titus, this pastor that he developed, that he raised up, he says, I got to go to the next town. I got to go to Rockville. I got to go to Bethesda. I got to go to Frederick. I got to go to Mount Airy. I got to go to the next town. I'm leaving campus and location pastors here to raise up leaders for this city. So he said, Chow, finish the work that I've given you. Francie, finish the work that I've given you. Because people in this city still need a healthy church and they need to know who Jesus is. So apostolic pastors envision multi-city impact. Write that down. Don't just look at me. Write it down. Apostolic pastors, I like my jacket too, everybody. Thank you. Apostolic pastors, in the gold buttons, establish visionary churches. Or, or, I'm sorry, envision multi-city impact. So this is part of the fabric and the DNA of our church. This, this is what it is, okay? Um, next big thought here. Apostolic pastors establish visionary churches. So churches like ours aren't just comfortable with coming on a Sunday and coming back the next Sunday and come back. We're we're, we're on mission. That's why we do Highlight the City Week. That's why we sent missions teams to other countries. That's why we develop leaders. That's why we give in the offering. That's why we serve. You know, it's because we're moving and God is God is doing God is doing something. And it's important to realize this Proverbs 29, 18. The Bible says that where there is no vision, the people perish. So Jesus will give you the gift of a visionary. Because where there's no vision, your potential dies. Where there's no vision, you will just go to work to pay your bills to retire. But you never really tapped into everything that God has on the inside of you. 
And so you're in a house of vision. And as you're rooted here, some of that should get on the inside of you. You, you should take some risk for the Lord and you should think about moving to a different city. You should think about starting that business. You should think about starting that ministry because that vision, that spirit is getting on the inside of you. You understand that? All right. So I want to give us some big thoughts real quick on a house of vision. Number one, a house of vision benefits many. A house of vision benefits many. I, I had this thought. I was, I was talking to a group yesterday. Um, any of you into fitness? Just show of hands. No, no shame if you're not, whatever. It, great. You're into fitness. Great if you're not, right? I always got to preface it. It's a, it's a rough generation, boy. Everyone get offended. I'm leaving because he didn't include me in the index. It's like, okay. Fitness? All right. It's okay. Okay. All right. So when you go to the gym, you're only thinking about your fitness, right? Right. Or, or when you go to Chick-fil-A, you're only thinking about your chicken sandwich, your nuggets. Right. But but there's somebody who has an apostolic grace or an entrepreneurial spirit who cares about their fitness and the fitness of thousands of others. Right. That's vision. And their vision, that gym is there to benefit you, right? It's the same thing with apostolic grace, right? Apostles are given by Jesus to benefit your potential and your future. Oh, Papa Michael, my father-in-law, I know it's good when he clapping. I know it's good when he clapping, right? So apostles are sent to, to, to build things for you to grow. So part of our call is to, well, man, they have a gift to serve kids. We need to create a kids environment, right? They have a gift to greet people and to love on people. We need to create a team for greeters. These people actually want to take their next step in their faith, highlight leadership. These women want to grow deeper in their faith and in life, flourishing mentorship, right? So we create environments because we're not just thinking about us when we come to church. It's about the millions of people who need to know Jesus. And, and so the heart there is to have healthy churches that people can plug into and grow in different lanes. OK, um, it says this about Abraham, the father of our faith. I love how God called Abram out. But the blessing wasn't all about Abram. Watch the text. OK, um, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family. Go to the land that I will show you. I take a lot of pride in that verse because that's exactly what we did. We, we didn't know. We, we thought we were going to start highlighting Delaware. And, and because of a dream God gave my wife, who has a prophetic gift. It wasn't in Delaware. It was in Maryland. Right. And so I, I take that's like a life verse for me personally, because we got up. Pastor Ken, who was here a few weeks ago, who used to be on the staff of um, of Elevation Church, a phenomenal church that, that we most of us really love and look up to. He said, um, he said one day to me, it encouraged my faith so much. He said, Pastor Josh, um, I know my pastors move from one city to the next only like an hour or two away. away. He said, but you guys, he said, highlight? 
He said, y'all moved from Orlando, Florida to Gaithersburg, Maryland with no support, no backup, no acknowledgement that you were even going to start a church from any of the big dogs. And you started it anyway. He said, now that is great faith. So anytime I read this verse, something happens to me and I know we're on the right track. I know that God is growing this church. And he says this here, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to someone finish that others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Get them, God. All the families. I've needed it over the years. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Through you. But here's the best part of these four verses. Because God can promise all that. But unless that person who has a vision does what God says the people can't be blessed. This is the best part of that promise. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Are you doing what God's telling you to do? Because there's a lot of people contingent upon, their, their blessing is contingent upon your obedience to God. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Number two, a house of vision inspires vision within me. A house of vision inspires vision within us. Okay, let's go over to Acts chapter 16. Everyone okay? All right. Acts chapter 16. This is, these are the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. The 12 disciples became apostles. And um, Paul is on his second missionary journey. And the Bible says that here, Paul went first to Derby and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy at home playing video games with his mom, <laughs> living with his mom and grandma. I'm sorry. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium. It says this here. Um, let's skip down to verse four. Okay. Then they went from town to town. Someone say town to town. They went from town to town because Paul is an apostle and he's moving. All right. Instructing the believers to follow the instructions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Verse six. Next, Paul and Silas. So now it's it's Luke. It's Paul. It's Silas. It's Timothy. God is getting vision on the inside of them. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia in Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north for the province of Bethany. Come on now, I don't know these words. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on to Mycenae, to the seaport of Troas. Here it is. That night, Paul had a vision. Someone say vision. So, so, so you, Luke is writing the text. He's a physician. Timothy is a young disciple, a young man who was living with his mother and grandmother. He writes it in first Timothy, like the faith of Lois and Eunice, your mother and grandma. So he's living with his mother and grandma. His Greek dad was really not involved in his life. He attaches himself to Paul. Luke attaches himself to Paul. Silas attaches himself to Paul. Does God give Luke the vision initially? 
Does God give Timothy the vision initially? Does God give Silas the vision initially? God gave Paul the vision. And this is the, this is the key. He continues to give Paul the vision for where that group is going to go. So Luke writes here in the text, Paul had a vision, a man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there in his vision, pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. I want to encourage you with something. Hear my heart. Hear my pastoral heart. I'm going to care for you well. It is okay if you don't conceive the vision or the dream first. It is okay if you are not the originator of the idea. Because out of these four men I just mentioned, there was only one who could receive the vision. So a minority will always receive Great vision for the majority. And what we have to do is we have to be okay with the fact that God has called us to, with, and under somebody. And what people of high influence need to do is care well for those who are called to them. Right? So there's the um, DISC test, DISC personality test, D-I. SC, you have decisive, influential, steady, and conscientiousness, okay? The research confirms that 70% of the world is steady in terms of your personality. And that a small percentage, like 13% of the world, is decisive and or influential. And those are the people who push forward who found things, who start new initiatives. God created the 70% of the world, steady people, to support those things, to strengthen those things, and to get behind them. This is the problem. You have a lot of steady people trying to found businesses. Trying to, you have a lot of executive pastors trying to start churches. But your grace is to execute, not to found And in terms of like um, vision being uh, 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 inspiring you whenever you're in an apostolic house or under an apostolic company that's moving forward, don't be surprised if big dreams get on the inside of you because you're in a house that's pouring into you. I I was going to do a, if you can follow me, visualize this. I should have, it came to me last night, so I couldn't prepare for it. I was going to have a tub of water, like a small, I don't know, fish, I don't know, tub. I was going to have a glass of water, and I was going to say, this is our vision, this glass of water. And as life happens and as we pursue everything that God has called us to, we kind of dry out. I was going to pour it in another bucket. But when you place yourself in a house that is a visionary house, I was going to put that cup down in that big, you get filled up with hope and faith and vision again to keep striving and moving towards what God has called you to. But the fact that you're constantly in a house of vision means that your vision, your faith, your hope will never run dry. But it's, come, yeah, come on, we celebrate that. 
And, and I was going to have someone keep pouring because this is God. God is always pouring into the visionary or into that church. But you got to make the decision to stay there so that you don't dry out. Right. And, and, and so it inspires, it breathes vision into you. Through Paul, many were inspired with vision. Go ahead and write these names down. Luke, go ahead and write this down. It won't come up. He was a skilled physician and author. But through his church, he got a vision to write two books of scripture. But Lydia was a wealthy businesswoman. But through her church and, and through the apostle Paul, she got a vision for her life. It was through Lydia's um, generosity and her wealth that she helped to found the first church in Europe, the Church of Philippi. Wealthy businesswoman, but had a vision, had a vision. Jason was a man of wealth and great influence, but got a vision because he was attached to Paul. And, and here's the deal. Many of us have position, but we lack vision. Many of us have succeeded. We've got the degree. We, we got the money. We, 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 we got the kids. We got the house. But we're like, where do we go from here? And I'm telling you, when you get in a house that has vision, it, it'll pop your lid. You'll be able to see further because that spiritual deposit is now getting on the inside of you. Because God has not designated you to stop when you hit 50 or when you hit 55 or when you hit 60. As long as you're breathing, there's vision. There's a future. There's a destiny. There's a promise. Right? We said it last week. You should die strong. Die wealthier. Die better off. You, you, you're never going down, but you got to get in a house of vision. So here it is. If you're taking notes, as a Christian... I'm called to connect my life to the vision of my church. That's the takeaway. I'm called to connect my life to the vision of my church. So as long as God calls me there. Too many of us make two premature decisions. I'm leaving this church. Didn't pray once. Just took, took the will from the Lord, right? right? Or I'm leaving this job. I'm leaving this company. Didn't pray once to the Lord. Right. God has called you to that company. He's called you to that house. All right. And, 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 and vision and possibilities are conceived in you when you're under a visionary house. Number three, a house of vision is big enough for my life. A house of vision is big enough for my life. I remember um, a few years back because <clears throat> Chris used to live with us and uh, and. My mother-in-law's home. Can we put it together for my in-laws? They're in, they're in here today. We love them. Love you guys. My babies wouldn't be here without in-laws. Not my mom. My wife wouldn't be here. Sorry, I skipped a whole generation. <laughs> so, okay. um, but, but Chris, um, whenever we, we, we left our previous church, uh, Chris was a roommate. And one, one night, God gave him a dream. And he woke up and he said, Pastor, he said, in this dream, God told me, wherever Joshua Redding goes, that is where you are to go. I've called you to Joshua Redding. And it, it brings, it brings to, to, our, to our attention another dynamic reality of scriptures 
you're not just called to a church brand or a church name or a church building, according to Acts and what we find in the text. You're called to people until the Lord uproots you from that pastor or from that leader or from that team. It's a covenant relationship that God plans to to bless you within. And we've seen Chris go from where he was to, to, you know, leader and then he'll be getting ordained soon. And he has two kids and just, just to see the journey of this young man who, who was confused and who didn't know what he was going to do with his life. Just using him as one example of many step into everything that God has for him. And, and so put yourself in those shoes. I remember when Francie first came through our doors in 2018, he, he, we were even talking at dinner last night, how you, you know, once you married Anissa, the confusion in your life started to minimize, right? Because she was already rooted in a house of vision. And then y'all got married and what was spiritually in her got on the inside of you. And you would admit now that you've never been able to see so clear in your life. Is that true, Francie? Can we celebrate that, everybody? He, he sees so clear. And it's all because we've had the intimate conversations with him and Anissa. And they say, Pastor, we're here for life. And God can build something great with lifers who understand that they're not, not just called to a color or a brand or, or the hype, but they're called to a person. And I'll tell you this, if Pastor Kyra and I ever fail you all, there are other churches out there. But you need to begin to make some decisions and say, this is my church or that is my church. But you, you got to stop hopping because if you don't, God can't get something on the inside of you. This thing is real and it's, it's spiritual. I want to just read Joshua 1 verse 6. I won't do all three. Skip it to verse 6 for me, production. Jason, come close me out. Joshua was about to lead the children of Israel, 2 million people, into the promised land that God had promised them. So here it is. Joshua's leadership was not about Joshua. It was about the people. And Joshua understood this, that I have to lead for the people. I have to stand up here because someone is depending on this word of faith. Some marriage is struggling. Someone has a big vision and a big dream. And they're saying, as long as my pastor shows up, I'm dreaming big. Joshua understood this about his call. Verse six says this here, Joshua one. God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. Watch this. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. So God has promised you something. And it's essential that you attach your life to leaders who are going somewhere. Because it's not about them. It's about you. Joshua understood this. And so the deal was for them is that I, they hadn't possessed it yet. But, but here's the takeaway, church. Watch this. As you grow in your faith and as you grow his church, God will add to your life. They hadn't possessed it yet. Whatever your it is. But as you commit to the vision, to the work, to the process of reaching people for Jesus. He said they're going to possess it. They're going to possess it. 
And so a house of vision is big enough for your family. It's big enough for your dreams. It's big enough for your aspirations. It's big enough for your potential. I've lost count again of the many people who have been promoted in their company and, 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 and their uppers will say, do whatever you need to do to make this department better. And these people come back to me and they say, pastor, a few of those things that I learned in highlight leadership, I've now interwoven it into our company and things are better and I'm finding favor with my executives, right? That's what you call potential. You grow in houses of vision. You grow how I'm 35. I ain't going nowhere. I'm, I'm trying to do this the rest of my life. I ain't going nowhere. This ain't it. This ain't, I love y'all, but this ain't nothing. Come on, church. I ain't going nowhere. This guy. We got places to go. Y'all got places to go. Let's do this thing. And Jesus said this, Matthew 6, 33. Y'all okay with just your eight to fives where you at right now? We got places to go. Your careers where they're at right now. God wants to elevate you. God wants to use you. You got to dream big. Jesus said this, Matthew 6, 33. But more than anything else, Jesus said this, put God's work first. Someone say first. And do what he wants. Then the other things will be yours as well. This text tells us here that it's not the kingdom that gets in our way. But it's that we get in the way of what God wants to do for us when we don't enter into that house of vision that he's called us to. I don't want you to block your blessing. And even if Highlight is not your home, Find a church home that's moving forward. There are 1,500 churches closing a year. The devil is happy about that. But the ones that are growing are being led by people with apostolic grace. Those people are thinking about building new churches. Those people are moving forward, thinking about moving people forward in their faith. Moving people forward in possibility. We got too much in us to just sit around. Let's put the work of God first. And on Sunday, December the 11th, we have a tangible opportunity to put the work of God first, our vision offering. I want us to come ready for that. If this word blessed you, can you put your hands together for the word of God?